You're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam, streaming on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and at DCAUreview.com. Now, here's today's episode. Welcome, everybody, to episode 29 of the DCAU Review. I am one of your hosts, Cal, and with me today, as he has been for our prior 28 episodes, is my friend, good brother, and the DCAU Review Twitter guru, Liam. Liam, welcome to this episode of DCAU Review. You know, we've, uh, we're still covering Batman Beyond here, and we've got another double feature today. We do. I'm excited about this. Uh, uh, we have two uh, episodes. One um, is going to be entitled Heroes. Uh, so that was the next episode in order uh, of the Batman Beyond episodes. And then the second episode we're going to be covering is uh, Shriek, which of course uh, deals with introducing a new villain uh, to the Batman Beyond Rogues Gallery. But uh, let's start by covering the uh, terrific trio. Uh, <laughs> so this is an interesting episode. Uh, had some some brief memories. I don't know that we watched this a whole bunch growing up. No, uh, it was not one that was in the rotation from my recollection in in, uh, in repeats. But um, it it's a straight up pretty much homage to Jack Kirby. And maybe yeah. a little bit of Steve Ditko and uh, a whole lot of Marvel odes and nods. Uh, you have these these guys, the terrific trio that are straight ripoffs <laughs> or homages, I guess, is probably uh, a, a nudge and a wink to the old Fantastic Four. A tribute, if you will. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they have similar powers uh, to the Fantastic Four. They combined the Human Torch and the Thing into one character and uh, you know, gave the other characters similar characteristics to Reed Richards and Sue Storm. Um, what did you think of this episode? I, I think I think overall, and we're jumping right into plot as we always do. Um, I think overall, this episode had potential, and I don't know if it was just a fun way for the writers to use Marvel-esque <laughs> things in, a, in the DCAU or what, but I, f- I felt a little bit let down by the by the plot overall. It was kind of all over the place. Yeah. And there were some... some I, like, I put generally okay, but I, I was, I was <laughs> kind of let down. You have this idea of using these characters and uh, essentially using Marvel characters or odes to them in a DCAU cartoon, and it really seems to be a bit of a letdown. Yeah, I'd agree with that for the most part. It's it's a little disjointed. You know, you have these new heroes that just show up, and there's kind of a little bit hinted at that, oh, maybe Terry feels like, well, if these guys are going to be here, that Batman's not needed. But that's not really explored. Like, is he jealous at that thought? Is he happy that maybe he's getting his life back? That It's not really explored any deeper than just, like, a couple of cute lines about... Right. And oh, maybe I'll have more time to do homework or something. And you see, I mean, we've seen that explored in several different, I mean, it's, it's not, that's not an original idea. Oh, like sure. the new hero comes along and the, uh, the hero, the, the standard hero is either pushed to the side as far as popularity is concerned. And there's a little bit of a nod to that. There's a scene where Terry and his brother, Matt go to the mall and there's a toy store and they have all these terrific trio, um, merchandise. Yeah. But 
Terry doesn't even get to experience jealousy of it because Matt McGinnis is like, Batman's better. <laughs> so you don't have that dynamic. You don't have the, oh, well, Terry gets to quit and no longer has, has to be Batman yeah. anymore, which I feel like they could have gone. But, I mean, we talked about... There's a couple nods to Steve Ditko, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But you could have done the the Spider Man no more. Like yeah. he throws that he he tells Bruce that he doesn't need the, to be Batman anymore. Bruce tries to convince him that you know these guys are government cronies, which which they are. I mean, they're through happenstance they become these Fantastic Four like <laughs> uh, characters, not hit by cosmic rays. <laughs> Um, but they they do turn into these characters and then immediately become agents for the government or yeah. something. Um, yeah, but I, I think that I think overall that, that that it looks like I don't know. And then the rest of the plot just seems to jump around. A yeah, lot. and then it's like mag, uh, magma is convinced that his other like his other partner, the fourth who would have been I guess the fourth member of, the, of this terrific trio, uh, conveniently wasn't there that night. Uh, name is uh, Dr. Hodges, right? Uh, who conveniently wasn't there, who was sort of, later we find out, was sort of like professional rivals with Magma, but, so we have Magma's all suspicious, and then so he decides to go steal, like, this DNA research that's been done that Hodges is trying to keep secret, and then he, so he runs afoul of Batman, he gets away, but Batman follows him, and then you just kind of get to the final bit. They try to recreate the uh, experiment that gave them their powers, and Hodges then reveals, oh, I always knew that this was going to happen, basically, or that at least that it wasn't safe and that it could have... It's a little bit of a Victor Von Doom. Yes. He, he wanted... He was interested in the character of Freon. Yes. And Freon is with Magma, so he... He thought if, if he could basically kill, kill <laughs> or disfigure... Magma that he would have Freon all to all to himself, I guess. So it's sort of that thing where like, oh, the real monster isn't the lava man; it's 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 man. You know, <laughs> it's not the real monster. It's kind of like a King Kong thing or something. But right. Again, not really explored that deep. That that confession by Hodges comes like with like three minutes in the episode left, and then and then Batman and the terrific tri- uh, trio just fight, and that's kind of the end of the episode. So. I yeah I because it was generally okay and it was all over the place and for the weird inclusion of General Hitler <laughs> there's a there's a character who looks he has the Hitler mustache we called him uh, General Thunderbolt Hitler yes we think General he's Thunderbolt. <laughs> because because he yeah he plays like the role of Thunderbolt Ross from the Hulk comics or Hulk cartoon or Hulk yes. movies. Uh, trying to working for the government, trying to kill the, his own experiment, and uh, you know he. But for some reason, they gave him a Hitler mustache, and I yeah. don't understand that. I, I gave plot three out of ten. Yeah, I went four out of ten. Pretty much, you know, right on the same wavelength there. Shockingly, no way. But uh, yeah, it's it's not the worst episode, and there's certainly fun to be had. Sure. But again, when you look at this stuff under more of a critical uh, lens, I think you just like, yeah, a lot of it's just kind of incoherent, swinging a mess. All right, let's move on to music. Uh, music, I, I got a little bit excited because when they introduced the Terrific Trio, there's a there's a theme song that plays in the background. It's a hero, like a heroic theme, and you're like, oh, they're going to get a cool heroic th- theme throughout this episode. Yeah. And uh, that's kind of where it stops <laughs> for me. Um, there is... Uh, I, ha- I hate to say it, but I, as we've now seen, this is what, the fifth Batman Beyond episode we've covered? Or yeah. So, 
or so. Um, you know, you start a lot of the theme because it is rock music just kind of blends together into generic rock music number five. That's like, fair. Um, it's okay. It's not. It's not offensive. It's not the acoustic guitar played <laughs> at the end of you every series. You get some piano. Moment. You get a sort of an homage. Uh, speaking of Marvel homages to the Bruce Banner sad uh, hitchhiking music that would play at the end of the uh, you know 60s Hulk TV series. Yeah, it's a weird end to that episode. To, <laughs> to this episode too, by the way, just kind of the main characters, I guess, die. Two of them, Batman accidentally kills, mm-hmm. <laughs> and one of them just turns into a hardened lava rock. Yes. And then Batman just walks away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, all right, my work here is done. <laughs> that sad piano music really adds yes. to it. Uh, I, I gave music, because it's just kind of, eh, I gave it 6 out of 10. Yeah, I went 5 out of 10. There's some there's some nice flourishes here and there. There's a scene where Magma has stolen this DNA evidence and is trying to get away, and him and Batman have kind of a chase scene. Um, and there's some cool music there where the, I think the rock music actually does add something to it, but... Yeah, overall, just not not a lot to write home about here. Sure. All right, let's jump over to voice acting, Liam. Um, so, I, I don't... Uh, well, what, let's talk about our, our players, our, our uh, things that we have to remember, our, our main people here that are... Uh, I, I don't know what I'm saying. Guest stars. <laughs> yeah, yes. how about our guest stars? Yeah, so we have... Uh, first and foremost, we have, as, Mag- as Magma, we have Robert Davey. Who is uh, maybe most famously uh, one of the agents in Die Hard? He's okay. also in Goonies. Okay. <laughs> uh, so you know, one of those. If you if you saw him, you might know him. Type of voices. Okay. You have uh, I might butcher her last name, so I apologize. But Laura San Giacomo mm-hmm. uh, as as Two stars. Um, Five stars. Good job. And uh, also have sort of veteran voice actor Jeff Glenn Bennett as Two D Man. And then uh, finally, the the one that jumped out to us, which was uh, Kevin Dunn as Dr. Howard Hodges, twofold. One, because Kevin Dunn is, has been a producer for the WWE <laughs> for about 30 years too long. and <laughs> Crossover. <laughs> and because I also do a wrestling podcast, that name jumped out. Different <laughs> Kevin Dunn, though. Uh, he was... Uh, he played uh, Shia LaBeouf's dad in the Transformers movie. Yes, sleep, he plays... sleep well, handsome man. It's right. <laughs> uh, I, I'll defend that first Transformers. That movie. was a, a I good love movie. The first Transformers. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So Kevin Dunn plays uh, Doctor Hodges as uh, as sort of the real villain of the episode. And then, uh, of course, we have to mention uh, DCAU legend Corey Burton as General Norman, aka Thunderbolt Hitler. <laughs> yes, yes, in a, a underrated, distracting. performance performance <laughs> yeah but uh, he also got some he also i think he played one of the cops in the in yes, the session with uh with the terrorists that yeah. have captured cory burton never never only plays one voice in any in he, any episode he's in yeah he's a utility infielder of, of the, oh uh, for sure for sure but, go ahead yeah i went ahead i gave voice acting six out of ten there's some stuff that's okay like i thought uh don as hodges is pretty good and i thought um, Robert Davy as as Magma is fine, mm-hmm. and there's like there's some sort of element of tragedy to that story that like Magma rescues a little girl and the girl's terrified and so he's like sort of angry because he feels like he got turned into a monster and his best friend or one of his friends betrayed him. It's the thing. It's the thing. Thing. Like if you've Basically. ever watched if you've ever watched the old Fantastic Four cartoon or read any Fantastic Four comic books, thing because he's ugly rock creature. Um, right. You know, has this 
complex that people see him as a monster. It's, I mean, it's it's Hunchback of Notre Dame. Yes, yeah. it's, it's, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's any of those old tropes of, oh, he's ugly, so therefore he's rejected by society and yeah. seen as a monster. Yeah, so I, and I did think Robert Davies did a pretty good job of conveying that, but again, you have 22 minutes, you can't dive into that in the way that a comic book series can with sure. a character like The Thing, or a movie, or a TV series. And it's, this is a one-and-done appearance. Correct. <laughs> so that's, that's uh, this is another episode that maybe if you had, if it was a recurring character or someone, if he was like part of the rogues gallery from here out, and there's that more tragic element. Or if they, you know... I, I wouldn't want to see a two. I don't think this deserves a two-parter necessarily. Yeah, not necessarily. But if you use the, if you set these characters up as heroes here in this episode, there's another generic villain. We'll say Hodges was the villain, and you don't turn them heel. Mm-hmm. And crossover. <laughs> uh, but then you later on, there's a tragedy that that you know happens and they turn that that's when they turn that maybe you can identify but there's i don't care and there is something of a reveal that their dna is like falling apart so that they might be dying as well as a result of this and going crazy right they were like oh they'll be more so right yeah so if that had like played out over two or three episodes and you kind of have these guys as side characters for you know half a season and then and then, uh, similar to how they end up doing in the just in the JOU Cadmus arc with mm-hmm. the ripoffs from the, uh, the, uh, the Ultimate, the Ultimate, yeah, where you have one of them that's involved, and you begin even if you don't really care about them, or you can see from a mile away that there's going to be some sort of you know betrayal. Um, you know, you have a character that you can at least see is trying. You know, starts out as a hero, and then the tragedy yeah. of them turning yeah. turning villain. Uh, yeah, I, so. We got a little off track there, yeah. but yeah, my my voice acting uh, score was five out of ten. I think it's okay. I think that there was room for more uh, creativity in the voices, but uh, overall, it's just uh, it's just kind of there. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, if I didn't already say, I said uh, six out of ten for six me. Out so, out for you. all right, let's uh, move to animation, Liam. So, animation, um, I think so far, I am. You know, listening to our previous episodes and going back over those, I think the remarkable thing about Batman Beyond is the consistency of the animation thus far. Oh, sure. Um, it seems, you know, we're only five episodes in thus far. We'll be six after our second episode we review here. But uh, the consistency of the animation, nothing looks off model. The mo- you know, the, the artistry seems to be pretty consistent. Um, and for this episode, I thought... Uh, it was okay. It was it was fine. I think that they could have done more with the characters. You have this opportunity to sort of give this homage, and yeah. I think I think two D man is interesting. Mm-hmm. I think it. There were times where it didn't communicate completely that he was supposed to be a flat character because yes. it's and it's hard to communicate that when you have two dimensional characters also on the screen, right? That are drawn to be drawn to look three dimensional, right? Um, so at times, like when you look at his hands and his hands looked like pieces of paper curled mm-hmm. up or something like that, then it made it more obvious. But there were other times where he was just standing there and it was difficult to differentiate him from a, from a, what's supposed to be a 3d character. Um, and magma, we, we commented on how his visually he resembled Clayface. Yes. Um, sort of if you had taken the original Clayface design from Batman, the animated series, and moved him to the new Batman adventures instead of uh, instead of redesigning yeah. him uh, like they did. If you had just taken that, copied and pasted, and then like 
used to fill with color and paint. <laughs> um, you know, you probably could have gotten magma. Yeah. Um, I thought there were a couple cool things they did with magma, uh, but w- as far as like you know the footprints that he left behind when he yeah. walked were were cool, and th- that power is certainly a unique power having that lava power. What what about anything stick out for you in visual? Yeah, animation? I mean, I thought magma is definitely the most visually interesting part of it. The you know the scene where he breaks into the lab, uh, Terry just comes in. He's sort of seeing the aftermath of what magma's done, and so there's ba- there's like holes basically cut into walls. And there's still like lava dripping off of them. It's yeah. so, like you get the impression that this, you know, this guy is like a walking hot zone. Like right. he's everything he touch melts. And there's a scene where he grab, he tries to basically, he basically does the Superman thing where he puts his hands around a bomb and it explodes between his hands. That was cool. That was cool. Um, and I did like Freon's design. I thought mm-hmm. she, I thought she looked very cool. Uh, no pun intended. And <laughs> pun intended. Get out. Exactly. One hundred percent intended. But. Uh, <laughs> I thought I thought that, and the visuals at the end when Terry turns on like the ventilation system, Ooh. 2D Man gets sucked up through the vent directly, and you see basically his entire body stretch out and then get sucked through the vent, and then Freon like her entire her because she's a gas, so her entire body just is ripped apart, and that, that was visual terrific. is haunting, <laughs> and and also but it but they pulled it off, and it, it does look painful and tragic amazing amazing they were able to show that (laughs) yeah and uh so yeah i went ahead i gave uh visuals six out of ten i thought there's some there is some really strong stuff Mm -hmm. um overall there could have been i felt like maybe a little more punch to some of the action scenes yeah um there's there's some cool shots there's one like sort of shot where we follow 2d man as he's fighting as the military attacks them Mm -hmm. which again feels very hulky as as you mentioned yeah um where you basically he's standing still and they jump basically his torso extends and then his arms extend and you sort of follow him across the screen uh, this like big sweeping camera shot which again i'm sure is a little bit of a difficult trick to pull off when 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 it comes to animation so i there's definitely some highlights there i definitely think visuals is the strongest part of this episode Mm -hmm. um but yeah overall i thought good but not not anything spectacular yeah sam that's why i gave it seven out of ten so I guess that oh, it's the bonus point sound. Oh my that gosh. means one of us has a bonus point. It is I, not me. I guess it's me then. Yeah, um, yeah I, I gave it a plus one. There's uh, as we mentioned, tons of Marvel references. You mentioned tons of Steve Ditko, Jack Kirby uh, type of homages, and one of them is to there's a very famous Spider-Man cover that Steve Ditko drew. It was the end of the Master Planner arc, and it's Spider-Man. He's basically. Uh, under a bunch of like metal wreckage and there's water pouring down on him and it's a very memorable thing and if you there's a shot in here during the end as the building's sort of coming down around them where wreckage falls on Terry and he's trapped underneath it and the design they used for the whatever the ceiling or whatever that fell on him is literally the exact same uh, thing that fell on Spider-Man in that Master Planner issue. It's yeah, you pulled like, this I'll, out. I'll, <laughs> I'll tweet out uh, like a side by side of it because it's so cool. Yeah, and, it, and as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh my gosh, that's the Master Planner thing. I was like, what is that? And you were like, oh, Google this. And I was like, holy crap, yeah, <laughs> that's super nerdy, but yes. also super cool. But it, yeah, so that I thought that was a really cool uh, uh, little uh, flourish. Again, that's those little extra touches that you don't get in other animated shows. What made these so special? You know the people making them are all a bunch of giant nerds, too. Of course. And they, obviously, it's not a secret what, uh, you know, especially Jack Kirby and Steve Ditko, but all of those 
you know, 1960s Marvel and DC, uh, you know, had, had the effect that had on them as they make those shows. So just seeing that, but seeing us shout out that specific was like, oh man, I gotta, I gotta give that uh, an, an extra special shout out here. So that brings us to our final scores then, Liam. My final score for this episode is 21 out of 40. What was yours? And mine is a completely different 22 out of 40. <laughs> Middle of the road, uh, probably some, not quite Golem, but uh, to that level, as far as rewatchability, uh, you can probably skip this episode. If you yeah. got it, if you have an extra half hour, you want to watch it. I would know. say if you are more of a Marvel fanboy or if you have a love for that era of comics, I do think it's worth watching for those shout outs. Sure. But if like us you were more you were more of a DC household growing up, some of those references might be a little yeah, yeah, over your lost, head or lost, or it just might or, be an eye roll. <laughs> yeah, or you might just think, "Oh, yeah, it's that one thing." There you go. So, yeah, depending on your type of fandom, I would say, yeah, maybe we'll give this a maybe. <laughs> All right. All right, William, so let's move on to our second episode. Of course, that is the next episode in order. That would be Shriek. Uh, So this episode introduces us to a recurring character uh, as a part of the Batman Beyond Rogues Gallery. Uh, Shriek once again shows up at least one more time. It might be twice. I I believe it's two more times. And then I think he shows up... Is he in? He's definitely in Epilogue. Yes. In Justice League as well, right? Yes, he is. Yes, he does show up. He has a cameo in Epilogue as well. Um, but uh, yeah, this is a. I, I thought I had seen this episode a whole bunch. I think this one was in heavier rotation, but I had forgotten a lot of the elements of this episode. But you have this guy, uh, Shreve. What's his first name? Uh, Carl or something? Hang on, let me. <laughs> Carl Shreve. I want to say it's like Rob, Carl, something very generic. <laughs> um, but anyway, so Shreve is a uh, scientist whose company is losing money uh, because he's more interested in doing research on things that people don't need. <laughs> Derek Powers is right. like, you created this suit that will dis- could destroy buildings, but dynamite <laughs> is still cheaper. Right. Um, so... Derek Powers, I guess, buys him out. Walter Shreve. Walter Shreve. Yep. Never, would not have gotten that. <laughs> Walter Shreve. Uh, so they just call him Shreve. Uh, so Powers sort of uh, uses him as a bounty hunter to try and kill Bruce Wayne because Bruce Wayne is fighting him on uh, re kind of taking over, buying up, and destroying old Gotham. Yes. Um, and sort of redeveloping it. Um, you know, you have... <laughs> we talk about your like your your modern day and your real life subplots Woof. here. Of yeah. The, uh, of the rich man moving into the old neighborhood to try and redevelop it and, and uh, to uh, gentrify it, I guess. Yeah. So you have Bruce that's sticking up for that area and, and wanting to preserve the history and the... Um, and you have the the rich the rich CEO trying to move in and gain power and and uh, amass more land to uh, to own more of the city essentially. So uh, because of that, you have this whole Shree versus uh, Bruce Wayne dynamic where he tries to convince him he's crazy. You then have Terry. Uh, there's a there's a cool cool bit where Terry really gets to flex his, flex his detective muscle in this episode. Yeah, absolutely. He gets to, because Bruce is in the hospital after uh, Shriek's first attack, Terry has to find out what this, you know, they, they get part of Shriek's suit, 
So they, he has to do the analyzing of that. He has to then go undercover at sort of Terry's version of like a Matches Malone type. Uh, he shows up at Shreve's... Uh, Matches the pizza boy. Industry, yes. <laughs> Could have been like Matches' son or something. He right. complete with a bad like Brooklyn accent. It was um, but again, it's it's those little flourishes. It's him being... It's a very Batman thing. Yeah. And as much as, as, as good as most of the episodes we've reviewed so far have been... There hasn't been a lot of like pure like original Batman in there because again it's his own character so you don't have to do a one to one comparison. Sure. But as the theme of the episode is that sort of you know just because there's a new Batman doesn't mean that the old Batman's ways or efforts are no longer uh, meaningful. So the idea that Terry isn't able to just go he can't be reactionary here he has to be proactive he has to go out and find. Uh, shriek yes go out especially because bruce isn't there to kind of hold his hand yeah i like it because it gives it gives a new dimension terry's not just a punch and kick superhero yeah like and that's that's what separates batman and has been for a long time he's the world's greatest detective uh well bruce was the world's greatest detective so you have this dynamic that he's not just like you said reactionary he's not just standing there and he's going to go and wait for something to happen and then fight um, you know, he's going out, he's doing research, he's figuring out how to outsmart and how to be there, uh, you know, two two or three steps ahead of uh, the villains in this episode. So, yeah, I really liked the plot in this this episode. I, I really struggled to find anything uh, that I felt was a plot hole. Um, I love the the whole dynamic with Bruce in the, you know, going to the psych ward and uh, the psychological warfare that, that Shriek does uh, versus Bruce, and he figures out that this is how he's going to end him. Um, you know, he's not just going to bust in and, and slit his throat. He's going to try and try and mentally force him to kill himself. That way, it, it could never be traced back in some Correct. way. Like, you know, if, if Bruce ends up killing himself. So it was... Um, I really, really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed the detective dynamic with Terry. I really enjoyed the final, the final battle scene, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but because of all those things, I gave plot a ten out of ten. Wow! Well, uh, surprise, surprise! I also gave plot ten out of ten. That's what I'm it's talking so, about. It's so, it's so tight, and even little things like there's lines as you mentioned about oh, dynamite's cheaper than this sound device. It's Derek Power sort of matter-of-factly stating that's why I had to buy you out because right. <laughs> you were going your your business was going to go under because there's no practical application. You're an idiot, right? <laughs> yeah, except to become a supervillain and work for me. Yeah, he does a great like, job. There's a great some great Derek Powers manipulation. He even gives Shreve the the name of Shriek. Right. Like he, yeah. Shreve <laughs> shows up to kill him, and he so like nonchalantly convinces him otherwise. Um, so they really communicate that well, and they, they show you the arc of Shreve being sort of obviously hard up for money. He got bought out by Powers. He's put up to this idea of trying to kill Bruce. It doesn't work. He tries like a more psychological approach. But then because of Terry you know, finding him and getting him to sort of attack in public, he's now a fugitive. And so now he's, he's, he's lost his mind, and he's, he doesn't know what to do. And, and Derek Powers, as the puppet master is then able to very easily manipulate him into, okay, just be a supervillain, go yeah. kill Batman. And it works. It all works really well. I agree. 
All right, let's uh, let's jump on over to music. Um, I had a similar reaction to the music that I had from Terrific Trio, which the very first uh, introduction of Shriek, there's a cool like sound effect, and then all of a sudden the music kicks in. Earthquake? Not like any I've ever been in. Well, whatever it is, I can think of better places to be right now. Sorry, not one of mine. Um, but sort of just blends into the background as generic rock music again, I think. And, um, you know, there's not a unique... Uh, unique enough I would say I think in the ink episode there's a unique unique soundtrack in that episode that stands out enough it still fits in with the overall overall rock music theme but I just feel like there's it's just this episode seemed to blend in in the background for me I gave music 7 out of 10 on this one you yeah, I went five out of ten. Kind of the same things you said. There's there's a little cool bit of uh, you know Shriek has a little bit of a unique theme when he first appears, mm-hmm. and there's sort of I did like a little bit. They they don't do much music in in the final scene as as we'll get to in visuals, but um, I like there's like light music that sort of adds a little bit to the tension. But I honestly almost thought that took away a little bit mm-hmm. because this whole bit is that you know there's basically no sound. Shriek tur- has this device that allows him to basically turn off all sound. And he's able to sort of focus it so he can he can hear Terry's footsteps and nothing else, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Terry can also only hear his correct. footsteps. Correct. So he's, he's in this, like, you know, car manufacturing plant. He's, like, bumping into car doors and engines as they're on these assembly lines. It's a really creative thing. And there's sort of, like, these strings that come in. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, and I get it. Like, it's, oh, it's trying to build up the tension or whatever. But I also thought it was just... It sort of takes away from that uniqueness. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't a. It's a weird. It's just weird, right? And again, it's not. It's not terrible. It didn't ruin the episode, right. obviously. But it was just something where, yeah, if they had actually just not done music at all for that entire scene, I think it would have been even better. So, yeah, I went five out of ten. I gotcha. All right, uh, let's move on to next. Liam, let's talk about animation uh, for this episode. Um, consistency. I, I would give this. Uh, as consistent, if not, uh, yeah, definitely, if not more consistent than the last last several episodes. There's some good visuals. I love Shriek's costume. It's awesome. Um, it's a super, you know, we talked about in the very first episode of just the visuals in the Batman Beyond Rogues Gallery are so cool. Yeah. Sh- Shriek as a villain uh, is so unique looking and his, you know, his, his, but it's, it, like immediately memorable. Like mm-hmm. you can absolutely identify him. If you see him, oh that's Shriek. Like that's that's the Batman Beyond villain. So it's unique but immediately memorable, which I think makes Batman the classic Batman Rogues Gallery, your layman who isn't necessarily a, a, a comic book nerd could probably pick out if you showed them pictures of the Joker, the Riddler, yeah and, you know, Catwoman, they probably could tell you who they are. Um, maybe not so much with Batman Beyond, but I think that if if it was more of a I mean, universally known thing. That's that's what makes these guys, yeah. you know, these characters, I so good. Yeah, absolutely. I think he's he's definitely one that stands out to me. If you ask me to, you know, start naming Batman Beyond villains, he's definitely at the top of the list. And I think a lot of that is because of his of the visual component there. 
Um, Which is ironic since he yes. sounds. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I thought I thought visuals in this episode were were pretty darn tremendous. I thought, as we mentioned, that final scene especially is so unique, mm-hmm. and it's almost entirely just reliant on visuals. And they pull it off. Even you know, sort of the frantic pace at the end is uh, Bruce lets Ace the Bat Hound out of the. Um, out of the Batmobile, and he goes and runs and saves Terry. The first, yeah, um, the first real action we had. We had a little bit of Ace in the in the pilot episode, yes. in Rebirth, but uh, this he really gets into action, and he plays a big part in a couple other episodes later yeah. on. So, but yeah, so he he literally saves Terry from being run over by a by a car, and um, they they did some really really creative stuff with that. I liked the visualization of of Shriek's power, sort of the sound waves mm-hmm. and sound. That's always like a difficult thing, like in like Teen Titans, like Cyborg Cannon was just kind of like a blue laser beam looking right. thing. So there's always like different ways you try to visualize a sound weapon. Right. But I thought they did a really good job. Sort of just the you see the dust sort of kicking up off the ground, and the camera shakes mm-hmm. a little bit. And they did. I thought they did a really good job. Sort of, uh, you know, again, as silly as this sounds, to visualize the sound. <laughs> One of the um, things you pointed out, I thought that was cool too, which it may have may have been in one of the other episodes, but we first noticed was Bruce's uh, the visuals on Bruce's limousine. Yes, he uh, he the, Bruce's limousine is uh, the original Batman the Animated Series Batmobile, just flipped upside down, basically. So the, like the silver grill that's on the front of it is now like on the bottom of it. Yeah, but it's, it's really cool. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a cool little little it was a good nod. little uh, little nod they did there. But yeah, I, I gave visuals eight out of ten. I gave I gave it nine out of ten. Yeah, really really strong overall. Yeah, I agree. All right, uh, last but not least, Liam, let's get into voice acting. Who are our special guests uh, for this episode of Shriek? So really, it's just uh, the one mostly. It's uh, Chris Mulkey as Shriek. Done mm-hmm. um, a lot of a lot of work. Not. A, a lot that's super uh, noted to, known to me. Like he was, he was in Cloverfield, which is I know one of our favorite yeah. movies. Yes, for sure. Um, but he played like a, a soldier in that movie. But uh, yeah, overall, he hadn't done a ton of voice acting work, but he does uh, provide the role of Shriek. You, uh, I liked him. I thought he did a pretty good job. He's a little understated, but I think you have maybe a little bit of a different thought on it. Yeah, not. I don't think enough. To- for the disagreement alarm, but, um, I would say that you know I it's weird it, as the character you have the option. You know we've talked about going 1980s Skeletor over the top crazy, and then you have the ability to go you know understated and cool, calm, and collected Mr. Freeze, Michael Ansara type uh, yeah. voice, and he kind of. He kind of falls more towards the Mister Freeze side of things, and it's it, it's it. I don't I don't know that it works. Like it's just I I don't know what I can't pinpoint necessarily what the voice what the voice I wanted would be, um, but it's it. I don't think it's I don't think it's this guy. Like I think it's just his voice is just it's too understated, and I I just don't I don't necessarily feel the casting was was really good on this episode for that. Okay. Um, you know, Derek Powers is great. <laughs> There's a lot of great Derek Powers. We talked about his manipulation of of Shreve as a character. There's some good Terry and Terry and uh, and Derek. Every Powers. time those two get to interact, it's so great. It's great because he's so slimy. It's so great. Um, you know, and there's there's some great Kevin Conroy in this episode yes. too. Between him interacting with these voices that he thinks he's hearing, 
and then some good Terry and, and Bruce at the end. But yeah, um, yeah so because I, I didn't didn't quite feel the the shriek voice casting, I went ahead and gave voice acting seven out of ten. Okay, I I went nine out of ten. Uh, I I did like Shriek a little bit more. I understand what you're saying, and maybe that's what prevented me from giving it a perfect score. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, I thought he does a he does a good enough job. And then yeah, Sherman Howard is Derek Powers, uh, Kevin Conroy is Bruce, and 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 uh, Will Friedle is, is Batman. All really really pull their weight here. The scene but uh, in the hospital where. Derek Powers says he's sent sent Bruce to the psych ward, and, and Terry and him kind of get physical for a second. Mm-hmm. Like that's really well done. And again, mm-hmm. it's again that sort of the defiant, youthful good guy against the old slimy corporate bad guy. Like that works really well. Uh, Bruce's you know reaction to all of the voices that you know that which turns out of course to be a, a radio that Shreve has planted in his bandage. Um, that you know his his sort of he refuses to believe that he's going crazy, and of course at the end we find out that it's because the the voices were calling him Bruce. That's, <laughs> that's not what he calls himself, which is such an awesome. That was yeah. That's such an awesome really Batman great. thing. It's great. Um, so I thought yeah, I thought overall it was really great. Definitely the last few weeks, uh, last few episodes with uh, with meltdown with and with heroes. The first episode we reviewed, did, there's not a lot of Bruce in either of those. Yeah. So that's for the first time in, in a couple of episodes here, Kevin Conroy really gets something to sink his teeth into here. Um, so that, I thought, really really was helpful. And again, as we mentioned in, in the other categories, Will Friedle getting, again, to sort of have to be be the detective. Again, you have multiple layers to his to, to the, the performance he has to give. Sure. Is not, you know, he's not quite as sure of himself because now he's sort of in uncharted territory. So... I thought, yeah, pretty much everybody's really good, so I, I went ahead and gave it 9 out of 10. Nice. All right, well, that brings us to our final... It's the bonus point. I oh thought we were having it. Yep. And guess what? It's, well, it's not me. It's not you. It's definitely me then. Um, I am going to give uh, an extra point to the scene that we mentioned with that has uh, no sound in it. Uh, because what a unique and bold oh, yeah. move that was for them to do. In cartoons, that doesn't happen. Um, and there's no music. Uh, up until the point uh, where Ace gets released for the Batmobile, there's no real music. It's just footsteps is all you hear. And um, it's it's so it's so interesting. It's so different than any other scene I've seen in any other uh, cartoon, and especially yeah. in the DCAU, and it really, really communicates that uh, how different this character is, and, and really his power, the power of being able to manipulate sound. Um, really, really, really awesome. Um, so because they, they they went that route and that took that risk, I think that's a risk was a risky move, and uh, I don't necessarily think that it panned out with the music choice that they eventually started to use, but then when it, that coupled with when Batman throws the batarang and all of a sudden all the sound oh, is switched yeah. back on and he starts screaming and, you know, a shriek starts screaming because mm-hmm. all the sound floods into his ears it's it's done super well uh, so because of that I gave it an extra bonus point awesome yeah so that brings us to our final scores my final score for this episode is 34 out of 40 wow. what about yours? and I'm, I'm right right in that same ballpark 32 out of 40 okay me. Uh, really, really strong episode, and again, 
for a debut character, and again, not just doing a Two-Face Beyond, a yep. Clayface Beyond, you know, completely new character, while still very fitting into that mold of a, a DC villain, a Batman villain. Just a great job all around. It's great. You know what? I love that we've been through six episodes already of Batman Beyond. This would be, you know, once we cover Shriek here, it's the sixth episode. And we really have liked four out of the six. Yeah. They've, they've been ranked pretty high. They've been in the in the high, th- in low to mid-30s. a strong batting average. And unlike with Superman, where we kind of picked and chose mm-hmm. uh, certain episodes, and obviously down the line we'll, we'll review all of them. But <laughs> We'll revisit the Superman yes, episodes. Yes, but, sure. uh, but you know, going in order, unlike we did with Superman and finding so many, this, this is right out of the gate. We didn't jump to season two or right. anything. So from right out of the gate, they're really they're swinging for the fences, and they're 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 doing a good job. Yeah, absolutely. All right, William. Well, that will wrap us up for this week's episode of the DCAU Review. Uh, if you guys have any feedback, we'd love to hear from you, Liam. Why don't you give the good people at home a reminder how they can contact us? Well, the best way, as always, is going to be uh, Twitter.com. Uh, you can find us at DCAU Review on Twitter. Love getting feedback about the shows we're doing. Uh, we'll have an announcement right at the end of this show. Oh, yeah. But we, uh, we did some Twitter polls. You guys helped us pick uh, our topic for our 30th episode. And uh, love love getting a chance to see fan art and stuff that we get tagged in and just interacting with people, their memories of watching these shows. And it's cool to see the different age groups, too, because there's a lot of people our age, but there's some even younger who maybe caught it in reruns on Cartoon Network mm-hmm. or watched the DVDs later or, you know, and some even a little bit older who are who maybe were already adults when, when these shows are running and just never fell out of love with it. So I like seeing the different age groups. I like seeing everybody... Uh, I like I like being a part of it. We always say that, and it's it's worth saying again because it's it's uh, it's a really cool community to be a part of. Absolutely. Uh, now we do have a Facebook page, and as a quick reminder, um, it, much like in the, the part of this episode where it's completely silent, um, that reminded me of the way <laughs> it, it seems to be when people look for us on Facebook or they try and find us on Facebook. Um, you you won't see us out there because even if you like our page, it will be like deafening silence because Correct. um our Derek Powers, I mean I'm sorry, um, <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg is a uh, is a guy who can manipulate things and manipulate the the uh, the shrieks of the world to manipulate the algorithms so that we can't be found or heard or seen. Um, so uh, you can try and find us on Facebook, but the best bet is to talk to Liam on Twitter and to check out our website, dcaureview.com. All of our episodes are up there. They're organized by category, villain, series, and uh, of course all of our episodes are streaming on there. Liam, we do have one final announcement before we end things here. Uh, we set up a poll this week uh, for voting on what would be our 30th episode, what topic we would cover. And uh, we are excited to announce what that is. So we had a couple options up there. We had uh, Justice League. We had Static and Zeta or Zeta. Uh, I'm so glad that the Zeta. I'm excited to say that we will not <laughs> we be would reviewing. Have been. <laughs> we will not be reviewing the Zeta project. Uh, we also had an Elseworlds uh, 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 opportunity. We also had uh, a movie review. So Liam. What did the good people at home vote for? Oh, I don't know. Do we, we get a drum roll for yes, this? Yes, there is right. a drum roll. Oh, there it is. All right. Uh, the winner, and it came from behind, because for a lot of the week, Elseworlds was in first place. Uh, Secret Origins, a.k.a. The, the first three episodes of Justice League, yeah, uh, are, is the big winner. And it's so a narrow that, margin. Yes, so that'll be our, our 30th episode. will be our first episode... 
will be our first episode that covers the Justice League cartoon. Excited to get to that show. I, I have not seen that in a long time. Yeah. So, I mean, I think I watched it maybe when the DVDs first came out, yeah. but it's, it's been a while since I've watched that season one of Justice League. I know this season one of Justice League has a certain dubious reputation, yeah. so I'm, I'm excited to get back into it, look, look at what works and what doesn't, but again, thanks to everybody for voting on Twitter, for giving us your feedback. Definitely think we will cover most, if not all, of these options in yeah. that poll at some point. There's definitely more movie reviews so coming. Much. Definitely want to do an episode about Young Justice. Probably not Zeta Project for a long time. No, I mean again, that would maybe be something we if we just if we're in a really bad mood. <laughs> Once we get to I don't know with that the Zeta episode of Batman Beyond, we got to review that first, and that's like thirty six episodes away. Right. So we got a while before we get there, I think. But um, yeah, but all this definitely Static Shock. Definitely, we definitely will do some Elseworlds about Young Justice, or maybe Brave and the Bold, or. The CGI Green Lantern animated series, something like some fun like that. We'll we'll definitely mix some of that in uh, in the coming year. But uh, since it, it was the winner, these are the rules. Yes, uh, Justice League Secret Democracy. Origins will be coming at you next week. Yes, indeed. And also excited to announce. Make sure you tune into next week episode. We are going to announce a contest for our listeners. It's going to be an exciting contest. You're going to have the opportunity to win the prize. We're super excited. Thirtieth episode coming up. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Until next week, I'm Cal. And I'm Liam. We'll talk to you guys on the next episode of the DCAU Review. Bye-bye.